Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Courtney Vandersloot. Why have you left me? And welcome to this sad, <laughs> tearful program. We are coming to you mostly from the home studios in Woodbridge, <laughs> Illinois, where this crowd wow. is pumped yeah. despite the tears for our recap episode. And really, we've got a doozy for you tonight. It's going to be a great one. Uh, lots to talk about. We're going to get right to it to give you a, an idea of the expertise in store for you tonight. We're going to talk NFL and make our predictions for the Super Bowl, which will no doubt move Vegas better odds. <laughs> no doubt. In the millions of dollars. Yeah. We have representatives from DraftKings and FanDuel tonight sitting with the Diamond listeners eagerly <laughs> awaiting those picks. NBA, the Bulls, the Cavs, and we're going to talk the Western Conference a little bit. Uh, a major trade has happened, which if you have been living under a rock, you may not know about. We'll fill you in on that. Uh, college hoops. What a week. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, and talk uh, the, the wild finish. And believe it or not, March Madness is not that far away. Really, three weeks uh, and counting. Yep. Maybe four. So uh, it's be amazing this year, the picture is starting to take shape yeah. uh, and we'll go through all that. Uh, reluctantly, we will discuss uh, the Chicago sky and their prospects for the future as Len curls up for the 40th time into the fetal position um, with his tish box of tissues on hand. Um, the rock hall has come out with their list of nominees. We're going to go through that list. You're allowed to vote for five artists. We're going to tell you who we voted for and why. Rolling Stone's top 500 album of all time. A milestone episode tonight as I finish the 200s tonight. Wow. Um, so that is worthy of celebration. And Len cuts into the 300s. Yeah, with his top five uh, cuts from his top 500 favorite albums. Will we see any pavement tonight? Um, <laughs> there will be no pavement. Spoiler alert, no pavement in my top. Five. Oh, I think uh, half our diamond listeners just left. Come back. Yeah. We're going to talk slute. Uh, anyway, let's get right to it. Super Bowl. Oh, wait, 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 wait. First, we have to talk just a little business. So Ron Ron dropped off. Did you see the pile of faxes? You had? I thought we were going to do that at the end. We're going to do it right now. Yes, Ron Ron dropped. Off. I'm yeah, a popular. No, we're going to do that right now. I'm a popular guy. I didn't read them, but I noticed that they're all comments about sports legends that you have defamed. <laughs> so it's people complaining about what you've said about Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Nolan Ryan, Raymond <laughs> Green, Joel Embiid, and Kobe Bryant. So Ron Ron, I think he lost 10 pounds this week, just constantly going to the fax machine. So I thought I thought we should bring that up. So we appreciate 
your hard work, <laughs> Ron Ron. Thank you, Ron Ron. And apologies. Just wanted to do that. Just a quick note. Apologies. I've been told more hot takes. So I'm giving you the hot <laughs> takes, especially on Twitter. I want to go on Twitter and see our uh, fearless, uh, fearless uh, hot takes, especially on the NBA with a sprinkling of music and football. Um, I haven't really gone on to college hoops Twitter too much. I mean, I work and I get on these calls and I don't have to talk. And that's when I visit, um, you know, real quick. Before we get into this, should we talk the Bee Gees bracket real quick? Well, the, uh, the, brother, uh, the brothers the give happening as we speak. As we speak. What are your thoughts on, okay, let's talk, let's talk about the final four. Were you surprised by the final four? Only one of them. Because three of the four one seeds made it. Yep. The only one seed that didn't make it was Shadow Dancing. But right. another Andy Gibbs song, I Just Want to Be Your Everything, made it. Which I think Andy Gibb has gotten a, it was a big sentimental favorite. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of going the way I thought. I, I was hoping, you, you hope for upsets, but you have to be a really, it, it's just like always, if you really love the band, you're not going to vote for the obvious ones. But I feel like there's only about four people in it that know a lot of BG songs. Yeah. So that's that's how you get upsets is when you have a lot of diehards in there. I think we go that way, but this one is going pretty much the way I thought, the way you would think, yeah. And uh, our the odds-on favorite uh, is probably going to win. Yeah, it won my it won my staying alive. It won my disco bracket, so it'll probably win this one too. It's ahead right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So we're just waiting on late returns from the West Coast and then uh, the uh, Asia Pacific region. So once those come in and we submit to Ernst and Young for um, verification of the results, Price Waterhouse Coopers, yeah. then we'll. The have only the thing, um, the only surprise for me was, besides what I just said about Andy Gibb, none of the spirits having flown songs did well at all. That's oh my too God. much heaven. Yeah, tragedy. All inside out and tragedy. And I like all three of those songs, especially Love You Inside Out and Tragedy. And they didn't do well at all. I don't feel enough people know Love You Inside Out. That was a number one hit. Still. Hmm. You know, I saw that in a record store uh, on Milwaukee Avenue in Logan Square. It was on sale for $6.99. <laughs> What spirits having flown? Spirits having flown. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, I I went with uh, I went with the Chinese Eyes by Pete Townsend. That was three bucks. That's a great yeah. album. Oh my! I was like, oh, I'll take that's this. very high up in my list, Beef. Very Chinese high. Chinese Eyes. I love you that come, album. You can come over, and listen to it. I got for love got it. for three bucks. Well, we're gonna talk our next subject is the Oscars, which will come out a couple days after this recap episode. That's right. So when I come over to watch Causeway, we can listen to some vinyl. You know what? I'm going to play that at top volume and rock hard so that I am just super pumped (laughs) for Causeway. Big pot of coffee. Wide awake. Well, we're going to only watch one movie. Well, maybe, I don't know. I'm probably going to watch one. Yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see how uh, one. Well, I gotta. We'll we'll talk about it later. We will. Okay, let's get to uh, the sports. Let's get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I got invited to a uh, Super Bowl to the full shilling, uh, which is right down the street from Wrigley, uh, right next door to the Metro, mm-hmm. uh, by a buddy of mine, and it's a Eagles bar. And they oh. said, and, and apparently my buddy Byron from uh, college, he's he grew up in the Philly area. He's like, hey, you know, I've got a table, and you want to come. He said, you can't wear Chiefs gear. They will not let you in. <laughs> and uh, I will so not be going there then. The full shilling is what it's called. So I was going to go. That place is banned. Banned. Banned I, from me going there. I declined his invitation. I'll watch with Jesse at home. Um, watch under, all I've been thinking about is eating hot dogs. I'm going to watch it under a giant pile of hot dogs. Yep. <laughs> Any superstition? Leroy, Leroy last night was like, "You should come here to watch the game." It's like your kids could run around the gym, and I'm like, "Ah, I want to be buried under food." So, right, I think I'm gonna watch it at home. That way, you can pace and throw things, and oh, that's yeah. true. It's true. It's gonna be. Shout I was <laughs> shout at the. I was uh, trying to prepare myself for the Chiefs to lose, right? But, but. They played well against the Bengals. I was expecting them to lose to the Bengals. So now it's back to normal where I'm going to be like, hey. right, right. Uh, I don't even know what the official line is. Like who's favored? The is. Eagles. I think the Eagles are favored. Like, let me, let me check. Uh, while your, you're, what's your pick, B? What's your prediction? While you're looking, I'm going to say it right now. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I think the Eagles are going to jump out to an early lead. They'll look dominant in the first half. And then they will tighten up and the Chiefs and their experience will come back and they'll win it at the end on a Harrison Butker field goal. Nice. My prediction is Chiefs 34, Eagles 31. Wow. Um, and... Uh, I just think their experience wins out in the end. I, I'm really just basing this on uh, you've got a bunch of guys that have been there before. They're not going to be, um, you know, scared or overwhelmed by the moment. And, uh, and that's what's, uh, and that's, what's going to do it. So, um, so that's my pick chiefs, 34 Eagles, 31. Do not tell Byron or any of my coworkers at Sam Brown Incorporated, based in Philadelphia, uh, as they, <laughs> I will lose a lot of work. Wow. The line is Eagles one and a half, minus one and a half. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I think it's going to be a close game. I hope so. There's nothing better than a... There's nothing better than a uh, uh, really good Super Bowl. Yeah, they're for the most part they are pretty good. When we were younger, there were a lot of blowouts, tons, and now it's they're more competitive, much more. So I, what I'm gonna, it's like a month ago I would have said Eagles, but now I think Chiefs. Yeah, because I don't think Hurts is 100 percent healthy. Right. I think that's gonna cost them, and I think I'm pick. I think the Chiefs are gonna win by a touchdown. A late touchdown. So you say Chiefs by six or seven? 
I saw it. Well, you know what? I'm going to go a little, I'm going to go an odd score. I'm going to go 31 to 23 Chiefs. Chiefs by eight. Yeah. Oh, man. Vegas is just furiously <laughs> pumping. Uh, man. Tell you. Everyone is few is really just like going to their phones. I've never seen the diamond listeners this active. You know what though? Diamond listeners, I'm looking up here and 60, 40 chiefs. And he really, and I want you, everyone to know that he really is looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> he actually is uh, I've seen, I see them. looking for the, looking at the diamond listeners. And uh, so 60, 40 chiefs. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot of good ones. Bill Kenny. <laughs> Christian Okoye, Harold Carmichael, Ooh, Wilbert Montgomery, Ooh, Roman Gabriel, Roman Gabriel. There's one, one Roman Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, there's a Jaworski. Yep. Mike Livingston. Is any Barry Word? I don't know where he found that one. That's a nice. Any Barry Word uh, jersey? Barry Word. There's two Barry Words. Really? Yeah. He was pot. He was a good running Tony. back. Tony Gonzalez, there's there's a group of three people sitting together. Well, their Legendary. arms are linked for some reason. Legendary. Oh, we're in Tony Gonzalez. Tony jersey. Gonzalez. We're going to have to do a podcast all about the Kansas City Chiefs at some point. <laughs> uh, I think I, well, there's someone that I work with who keeps showing up on Zoom calls wearing her Chiefs gear, but she's from St. Louis. And I was like, are you allowed to root for the Chiefs? If you don't live in Kansas City, and she just kind of looks at me like quiet. Why are you saying that to me, Beef? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I have no one else that really cares <laughs> in my life. So. No, but I didn't root for the Chiefs. I don't live in Kansas City. I well, there's ex- there's exemptions. Um uh and you qualify for that. Right. Uh have we forgotten anything so far? On are you looking forward to Rihanna, the halftime entertainment? Yeah, I think that'll be good. I am too. Should be a good. I like I said. I hope it's a close game. I really don't have a dog in the fight. Um, and it'll be good to see. Um, so I'm hoping for a close game, and it'd be good if the Chiefs pulled it out, for sure. Yep. Um, again, please do not tell in our Chiefs jerseys. Please do not inform my uh, opinions to anyone at Sam Brown Incorporated. <laughs> Uh, located in Newtown Square and Wayne, PA area, <laughs> as I will be betrayed. I, I Just one last thing before we move on to basketball, NBA. I just think it comes down to quarterbacks that Mahomes looked really good last week or two weeks yeah. ago, and Hurts didn't. And I think that'll, yeah. be, that'll be the difference. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. And it's always the quarterbacks. Yep. Who uh, who do make the difference? That's a great point. A great yep. point. Okay, move on to the NBA. We should talk about the Cavs first because they had a nice week. They did. Now I uh, went to the Bulls Hornets game on Thursday. I went to the game. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, went went with a couple friends. And I went out to get um, some food and I really could not have picked a better time to go because as I was going, the Cavs game was on TNT. And literally as I walked past was the moment. (laughs) I mean, I got a text from one of my buddies that was like, where are you? And I'm like, (laughs) I was like, 
that Bulls game is well in hand, but this is awesome right now. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was watching evil Reggie Miller saying Donovan Mitchell, clearly the aggressor here. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're watching, Reggie Miller, unless you're just a troll. Uh, but um, you know what? I mean, I think at the Cavs at the time, we're up 10, but the Grizz were making a little run and Brooks was really holding Mitchell down. And so for those of you who don't know what happened, um, uh, Brooks drove the, to the lane, Mobley blocked him and Mitchell was standing over Brooks and Brooks just reached up and like, I mean, just barely, obviously just gave him a shot right in the family jewels mm-hmm. with his hand. I mean, it w- it couldn't have been now to be fair, his back was turned. So I'm kind of like, how could he have seen where he was aiming? Um, so I, I think he just flails his arms around and doesn't care who he hits so that he can claim an accident, but Mitchell was having none of it. I mean, he went down, he collapsed in a heap. And then threw the ball at Brooks's head, a la bird to lame beer mm-hmm. after which um then they had to be separated. But here's what I liked. I mean, the Grizz, they push the envelope. They're very physical and they're not above um, you know, doing the extracurriculars to try and get in your head. The Cavs respond they couldn't have responded better. I mean, they took it to the Grizz after the ejections, and they lost Mitchell. I was thinking. All right, well, that just favors the Grizz because he just got Mitchell ejected. But Garland, Garland was magnificent in that game. Uh, 32 points, 11 assists. Um, I think he was upset that he was not named to the all-star team. and So usually the snubs play better. Yep. They want to prove that they... Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, not only did they beat the Grizz, but then they beat the Pacers uh, decidedly and just now beat Washington pretty handily as well. So you wonder if that that's one of those season-defining moments. I would call that Grizz win one of the top five of the season for them. And uh, just because that's a rough team, best team, or one of the best teams in the Western Conference, it's a team they feel they should have won the other night. Now, the Grizz did not have Steven Adams and or Jaron Jackson. Those are two important guys for them. But still, it's a it's a shot in the arm, confidence wise. Um, and the most encouraging thing is that Okoro has now had three very good games in a row, and um, very good games. If Okoro wakes up, uh, then this Cavs team is significantly improved. I also like what Bickerstaff did. His last point, he really has relegated Love, pretty much. He's taking him out of the rotation. He's not playing him at all. And I think it's a good move. I, I think Love has really fallen off. I think last year was his last good year to contribute. And, I thought um, he played well at the beginning of the year this year, though. Yeah, but I don't know. It's fallen off, especially defensively. They were running sets right at him. You know, mm-hmm. just and Love couldn't really, you know, he wasn't, he looked, he looked very exposed. So, that they also did that for the Grizz, and so I don't think that's a coincidence either. So, um, it's encouraging. It was a good week. 
and now with Brooklyn decimated, more than that in a minute. Yeah, that puts them that puts them in a great spot because Cavs can move up. They can get that four seed and have right home court. Actually, they're only a game behind the Sixers too, so they're right in it to have some uh, good amount of home playoff games. Yeah, it's a season of ups and downs, so you know. Um, but right now they're playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, very well. Uh, let's go to the Bulls. Yeah. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, when I did go finally go back to the Bulls game, I was like, where the heck have you been? I was like, well, <laughs> man. Uh, I thought the Bulls um, looked very good against Charlotte. Um, they moved the ball well. Uh, Levine was um, not taking idiotic shots. And, um, you know, I just thought they, they pretty much dominated from wire to wire, which, hey, when you're playing a bad team, that's what you're supposed to do. So no let-ups. And then they had a good win against Portland. Yeah. Portland, I was, I was out. We were eating pizza <laughs> with a yeah. bunch of my friends. And Portland scored 70 in the first half. So I'm like, well, Bulls lose. Bulls lose. I was like saying Lillard's <laughs> going to score 80. But to their credit, they came back and, and won. That's that's a right. game they usually lose. Yeah. So that was nice. That shows character. They're inching, they're inching towards 500. Yep. The Pacers have bottomed out. Uh, and that's helping them. It really, it really is. So they, they're in a nine spot. Right. The teams ahead of them. The Heat, I keep expecting the Heat to start winning all time, and they're they're just they're kind of playing like the Bulls do. Yeah, scuffling. They're just average. The Knicks, who were playing pretty well for a while, they're same thing. Coming back to the middle. Yep. And you know, Atlanta's just like the Bulls. Right. So I guess, I mean, there is a possibility. I can't believe I'm saying this, but there is a possibility of moving up to where they're not in the plan. If they keep going, uh, so they've won two in a row, and I haven't looked at their schedule recently, but um, you think they maybe they can make a little push before the All-Star break? Yeah, I mean, I will... I want to give credit for Io for the last couple of games. He looked great against Charlotte. Nine for ten against Charlotte. Yeah, he looked five terrific. For six, five for six against Portland. Tonight, I think they're only up two. You can't beat San Antonio for some reason. Io is four for five. <laughs> just feed Io. Getting it done. I, I feel like he plays better against a young guy. Like if he's matched up against a young guy, that seems to get him going. Right. I don't know if that's the case tonight, but just he he seems to try and prove himself. Like I'm just as good as this guy, this 20 year old or any, anyone who hasn't been in the NBA too long. Right. But they, they, yeah, they got it. This is again a game like tonight. They got to get this. San Antonio's a bad team. Yeah, th- what that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, they're only up two though. Well, the Spurs are frisky. 
They're frisky. They have 14 wins. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's a, it's a frisky 14. In the season, I mean, there's only 30 games left. Yeah, and that, it's uh, it's really moving. You gotta you gotta win this one. You can't you can't do stuff like that. Yep. If they win, then they're only a half game behind Atlanta for that eighth spot. Yeah. Um. Speaking of uh, standings, what do you make of the Western Conference right now? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at it today, and I'm like, this is absolutely nuts because. <laughs> you have two teams that you could say with confidence will make the playoffs and that's Denver and Memphis. Right. And then you have two teams that are terrible and that's San Antonio and Houston. Yes. And everybody else, they could not make the playoffs or make the playoffs and they could be right. anywhere from three to 12 or three to 13. It's, yeah. it's crazy because the Kings are 29 and 23, but when you look at their team, you're like, is you know, like they still got to prove themselves to me. Yeah. They don't have guys where you're, you're like, Oh yeah, this guy will get them to the playoffs or this guy will keep them, keep them there. I mean, they've been a big surprise. And then after that, I mean, I'm going to go through every team because this just, <laughs> I was looking at this and just shaking my head. The Clippers, who have Kawhi and Paul George, but th- those two can't stay in the lineup. I know. So if they get hurt again, Phoenix is still waiting for Booker to come back, right? Yeah, but they've won eight out of their last ten, so they're moving. Yeah, they've been playing better because Bridges, they've gone to Bridges as their main guy. Yep. And yeah, that's good for them. They're, if you know if Booker comes back and he's healthy, I think they they get there. They're tough. Dallas just traded for Kyrie. I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want Kyrie on my team. That's two guys that have to have the ball in their hands all the time. Yeah. It's, no, How's well, it, I'm curious to how he'll – usually when you first go over to a team, you're going to be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. For so a maybe Kyrie games. is going to just be content with – Playing off the ball and mm. and when Don checks out, being the main guy, you don't think so? No, I you don't. Think he's going to disrupt it immediately? I think he's going to be like, "This is let me play my game. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, you need me, and you know, Luca, you, <laughs> you know, I'll create, and then you just clean up the. And Luca's going to be like, "Ah, uh, no." <laughs> Uh, no. And I think there's, I give this thing, there's no way that Kyrie is coming back to Dallas the following season. No way. Um, I, I, I just don't see it. I think they both are ball dominant guys. Kyrie definitely has experience with playing second fiddle. But now he's going to play fiddle to a 22 year old guy or tw- however old Doncic is a young guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you, I, I don't know. I don't see it. Well, you know better than me because you know Kyrie better than I do because you watched him for all those years. I mean, he was, you know, he really, like, worshipped LeBron and was, you know, caught up in all that. And so he's like, I'll do whatever 
And uh, once they won the championship, he was like, okay, that little experiment is done. I'm going to be the guy because I just made the huge shot in game seven and you didn't. And, and uh, he was make he started to make noise that uh, in 2017. And I think that they, uh, um, after they got swept, he was, he was gone or no 2018. He really wanted to be traded and they finally got rid of him for Isaiah Thomas. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Anyway, not to rehash. Where that. do you think where do you think Dallas lands then in this? I think they're gonna just stay at their where where they are. You think they'll be like the sixth seed? I do. But it's so jumbled together. That's that's the crazy thing. The Lakers have twenty five wins, the Kings have twenty nine. Four games apart between the three and the thirteen, and there's only 30 games left. That's what I'm saying. It could land any, it could be a complete flip. So the Timberwolves, they've been playing pretty well with uh, Anthony Edwards. But that's another team. I watched the Timberwolves. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, <laughs> I don't have confidence in them either. Golden State is an eight seed. I was surprised by that. Yeah, they, and they they're they're they can't they're having trouble staying healthy. Yeah. And speaking of a team not staying healthy, that was the Pelicans. The Pelicans, I think, were the two seed, and then they lost ten in a row. No, they have. So they had they had Zion, who's still out. Right. They had Brandon Ingram out. Right. And then they had McCollum out. Right. And Ingram came back, and then he was out for a couple more games. But then he came back with McCollum, and they finally won. Yeah. So if those two are healthy, maybe they start winning again. And if they, and especially when they get Zion back, because they were near the top of the standings. Yeah, they were playing great. I was all the, really and all those really guys went down. Them. Yeah. And yeah, they just—it's just been an insane year. And then Utah, who was a surprise, they're just 500 now, which is kind of where you thought they'd be or even worse than that. I I think they – I thought they were going to be on the San Antonio or Houston level. Yeah, so – They've been a surprise. I could see – they're right now they're in the plan. I'd, yep. I'd see them falling out. Yep. And then Portland, same kind of thing. Portland's basically just Lillard, just Lillard trying to will this team to some wins. Agreed. But the two teams that are out of that plan right now that are still in contention are the Thunder, who we've, we've talked about a couple times. Yeah. But they're two great young guys. Yeah. I mean, they, they could go are, on a, they could go on a run because young guys get better as the year goes on. They've been playing well. And then the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> LeBron's not going to give up. Whatever you say about the Lakers. He's saying, first of all, apparently, now this is this is what Twitter was saying. That um that basically the Lakers said, We'll offer you Westbrook and two our two first round picks for Kyrie. And the Nets said, throw in Austin Reeves and Max Christie, and you've got a deal. And the Lakers said, outrageous. How dare you ask for Max Christie? No deal. And, uh, but 
I mean, who, we're gonna get some angry faxes because Max Christie's from Rolling Meadows, you know. I, Max Christie, Max Christie stopped LeBron's grand plan. Yeah. Actually, well, no, it was uh, Rob uh, Palinka, uh, the Lakers GM. Yeah. Uh, so no deal. I think it's the Lakers. I mean, if they had gotten Kyrie, I mean, sure, Kyrie and LeBron have a definite history, but. They don't know the rest of the team that well. It takes a while to gel. Yeah. So. But, I mean, they're only, what? They're a game behind getting in the plan. If they get in the tournament and they have LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy, anything can happen. Yeah. that's. I think it's, that's why I had no idea how jumbled it was until I looked at it today. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, this is insane. Because, like in the Eastern Conference, you have 76ers, Celtics, Bucks, all really good. You have the Cavs, who are pretty good. So that's four teams right away. The East is, it's, I mean, the West is two. <laughs> it's I know. Absolutely insane. I'm going to so say that's this. That's why I felt the need to talk about it. Here's my hot take, and then we'll move on. The Clippers are coming out of the West. Yeah. I think That's it's going to be the last two years and that hasn't happened. Yeah. I think they get it done unless Jokic and Murray. And now that Murray's back, I mean, the nuggets look awfully tough. Yeah. I'll be watching. I'll be watching probably a lot of NBA in April after, after madness ends. By the way, I really, I just want to complete that. Um, that whole uh, Kyrie trade, the Cavs traded Kyrie to the Celtics. They got back Isaiah Thomas. They also got Jay Crowder, and they got Ante Zizic, who I think went on to the Lakers, and the Nets' first-round pick, which wound up being Colin Sexton. And Sexton got traded to Utah for Donovan Mitchell. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I mean, I think that, you know, that kind of... Uh, no, I want. I don't want to say it's even, but it wasn't a disaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, should we move on to college hoops, or do you yes. want to talk sky? No, let's talk college hoops, and then I'll be sad. Okay. Let's be happy first. <laughs> well, Northwestern's week didn't start out well, though. They no. lost to Iowa, which turns out not to be a bad loss. Uh, Iowa shot the lights out. I watched that game. They couldn't miss. I, Iowa also beat Illinois by two on Saturday, I think. Yeah. And Rutgers. So just, Iowa's on a roll. So it looks like Iowa Rutgers. Will be tournament. So that's not a bad loss. No. Michigan, that, that might be a bad loss. It might not because Michigan's starting to play better, too. Yeah, they, uh, they're starting to gel. They've got, I mean, Hunter Dickinson is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Yeah, he played great yesterday. I forgot who they beat yesterday, but they won by like 20 or something. Yeah. But that Wisconsin game was so huge. Oh, my God. Two-game losing streak. And I looked at the standings while I was, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game because I went to basketball. But I'm like, they need to win this because then they could stay tied for third because there's all these teams – much like the Western Conference, they're all jammed up and it's tied for third in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're all so seven and five. Western to get that win 
in Wisconsin by two points. That's just, that was great that they were able to steal that one. You know, I fully admit that I am a fair weather fan of the cats, but I'm fully on board. You get too stressed. I'm fully <laughs> on board. On Jack I watched, night, I witnessed a full stress. That was well-deserved. Boo booey. Trying to pick up a cheap foul. Move your feet. That's, that's basic. But what was, what was your complaint about Collins? Oh, on a timeout. Cause I didn't see the end of the game. All right. So it was, there was four seconds left. The Badgers were out of timeouts. Um, Bowie at the line, four seconds to go. And um, Bowie makes the free throw. Now the Badgers are out of timeouts. I would not have called a timeout and tried to, you know, force them into a bad shot. Or if they did get a, they had a foul to give. Um, if it looked like they were going to, um, cause they would have had to go for the three. I don't know. Collins called timeout. And I was like, I went nuts. <laughs> I was like, why are you giving them a chance to draw up a play? Yeah. But maybe Collins knew what he was doing because, uh, they, they fouled them almost immediately when they got the ball mm-hmm. on the floor before they could even get a shot up because they, mm-hmm. which is smart because, um, they were down three and now they're at the line. So the guy made the first one and then intentionally missed the second one. And two NU guys like had the rebound and then were like fighting each other for the ball. And the Badgers were screaming travel. They were screaming that they travel. No call. Cats win. Did you think they traveled? Well, it's. I think that they were looking at... It depends on who they say had the ball. Because Audige, who never came out of the game. Audige played the whole game yesterday? Audige played the entire game. Wow. Um, and Barnheiser... Barnheiser, the part I watched, he played well. Barnheiser was terrific. Yeah. Um, so Barnheiser, yeah, I could see the traveling. Adige never moved. So it's like, well, who had the ball? Cause they both, yeah. Did. yeah. So I could, I could see it. I, I mean, I could, I could see both points, but I'm glad that they did not call traveling. Cause yes, I would have probably lost my mind. <laughs> uh, but it's well, huge... encouraging though. Cause you had Barnheiser, the backup center and who's the lefty guy. Uh, Barry? No, not Barry. Barry's a starter. Uh, he's the bench guy. Titus Verhoeven? No, that's the backup center. He's starting to play better. I feel yeah, like Verhoeven's he comes in good. and he makes an impact. And uh, I got to look up his name. Martinelli? Martinelli. He he had some nice plays. He's been hurt. And he's so a they're, nice getting some, they're getting some bench contributions. Obviously, they had a not a good offensive night yesterday. No. But... Three guys from the bench contributing. You just want to tell Collins, do, do not panic. You don't have to have Adij play the whole game. Adige never came out. Yeah, he can't do that. I don't I understand. Mean, I get you. it. I get it. He's, he's feeling it. He's feeling the fact that they could get another tournament bid. Yeah. But don't panic. <laughs> don't, don't panic. Just hang uh, in there. The, the one thing that Collins said after the game, because he – you know, they said, you know, what, what are your reactions? And he said, we've played six games in 13 days. 
because of those two missed COVID games. Six games in 13 days and won four of them. And so now they get a rest. But he said, for them to do that, I'm very proud of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think big. they got it's a game. Big. And they've got a really rough stretch now. They've this North, they, they play Ohio State on Thursday in Columbus. Yeah, uh, but Ohio State's bad. Ohio State is terrible. They've got to win that game. They do. That's you got to get that. You got to say. That's like I said. Stay above five hundred in Big Ten. You're in. They're because, in for sure if they do that. They can't lose to anyone. That's. I don't know if they play Minnesota again or, but they can't lose to Ohio State. They can't lose to Minnesota. They can't lose to Nebraska. They've got a no. They've got a rough schedule in the end. They've got after Ohio State. They've got. Purdue, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois in Champaign. Yeah, that's tough. Then Maryland, mm-hmm. also tough. Yeah. In Maryland, mm-hmm. then Penn State, then Rutgers in New Jersey. That wow. is a that, that is, is a, a really hard. They're going to really have to earn it. Gauntlet. So one bad team, and then all so, possible. And see all possible tourney teams. That's that's really hard. Yeah. If they could steal a couple of those, beat Ohio State, maybe beat Penn State, and steal one from one of those other games. Is that their, their whole schedule? What you just read? That's it. That's it. That's their that's their schedule. So no right, so more easy Ohio games. State, maybe beat Ohio State, Penn State, and let's say one more. What would their record be then? They'd be 19 and 20 would make me feel super confident. So you want four more wins. Yeah. If they lost, if they only won three more games, they'd be 19 and let's do some quick math here. The big 10 record's important too. Eight. So if they went, if they went three and five down the stretch, that would put them at 19 and 12. And with a Big Ten record of 10 and 10. So I, I think, think I think that would do it. 11 and 9 would be better. I, I agree, but I think three wins gets them in. Yeah. As long as, the, like I said, as long as they don't lose to Ohio State, because that would be a bad loss. They've got to beat Ohio State. Beat Ohio State and then get two more. I think they're in. So that's not going to be easy. <laughs> get why Collins is like that. <laughs> They're so close. Yeah, they, I mean, they overachieved this year. They they were picked second to last in the Big Ten. Yeah, we'll worry about it later. Um, but yeah, so those Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa all at home. So that's a little bit, uh, a bit of a breather. So or yeah, it's, I it's think a little maybe easier. Iowa will cool off a little bit. Hopefully. And, and Indiana has played pretty well lately, but they're not, you're not like all 100% they're going to win because even when they were on a hot streak recently, they still had a bad loss in between like four out of five. They won four out of five, I think. But one game you're like, what are they doing? Uh, to Maryland, which is, they're seven and five. They're part of that. Yeah. They're part of that log jam. Yeah. And there was a bracket that had 10 big 10 teams. So right. Everybody, but Ohio state, Minnesota and Nebraska. Right. So all 10 of them could be, could make it. 
Um, what about the Illini? I didn't see their game against Iowa, but they only lost by two. So I, I imagine they played fairly well. It was kind of a high-scoring game. Iowa's been great offensively. I think it was 82 I, to 80. They've been terrific. And I don't know if I if they had another game. I haven't they seen beat, them lately. They beat Wisconsin by 10. And oh, they, yeah. And they beat the Buckeyes by nine. Mm-hmm. They got stomped by Indiana. Yeah. And then they won. Um, so they have won. Uh, they still won seven out of their last nine. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing pretty well. They're playing very yeah. well. The thing with Illinois is, at the beginning of the year, Shannon was their best player. Now, Myers is their best player, and Coleman Hawkins is their wild card. If he plays well, they're a really good team. They could beat anybody. Yeah. But I think the last game he played, he was 0 for 6. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. And you always like, okay, if, if he could be consistent, they could do something in the tournament. Right. They have a much easier schedule, too. They have, they have two games against Minnesota. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty much in for sure. Yeah. And with a soft schedule, they might even get to the point where they're ranked, and that would get them a higher seed. Yep. They could get like a, I don't know, a six or five seed in the tournament. <clears throat> yeah. Those eight and nine games are brutal. That's what you want to avoid. <laughs> I feel like the best seed is, if you're not like a one seed, is like a five or a six. Because... For some reason, the four thirteen is the upset one all the time. You want to be looking at five or a six, seven, ten, eight, nines. Those are just battles, no matter what. Right, right. But you might you might get a not so great opponent if you're a five seed. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great finish. I can't wait. I can't wait, Beef. I took the I took the weekend off for opening March Madness. Glorious. Oh man. He's d- do not again under a pile of hot dogs. <laughs> yes. Uh should we get the uh the salute sadness out of the way? <laughs> Len Len. Come back to us. I'll talk while you collect yourself. Um well, maybe the sky can make a few moves get some players that might be motivated wade will whip them into a fighting unit and they'll be motivated to prove everyone wrong you're this, is what, your this is what they have right now beef they have copper who's a really good player yep they have rebecca gardner who was a steal for them wade just found her in europe right I like her a lot. She'll get to play a lot more. They have Dana Evans, who is who is like one of those players who everybody wanted to play more because she could shoot. And that was some of the problems the Sky had in the playoffs. And Wade didn't really play her that much. They have Courtney Williams, who played on Connecticut last year. She's a decent player. And then they signed a bunch of people I've never heard of. They don't even have like enough to fill up a full roster right now. 
Well, Wade, Wade, Wade has his work cut out for him. Trust I mean, in Wade. <laughs> the only thing that could make this guy have a pretty decent season is Copper just kind of asserts herself and just plays like one of the best players in the league. It was kind of hard for her to do that with Parker and Sloot and Misaman. I mean, they have so they had so many great players last year. So Copper, and then maybe you know maybe Courtney Williams. She was also on a team that Connecticut was a really good team, and maybe Courtney Williams plays better because she gets more opportunities. But I'm not optimistic. And. Yeah. When we get closer to the season, maybe we could do a little mini WNBA preview. So what the WNBA is now be is they're like the old LeBron years when LeBron got Bosch and Dwayne Wade. Right. So, but there's two super teams, not just one. There's the Liberty, yeah, which is. Sabrina Inescu, who was on their team last year, great player, great young player. The Sky had a rough time with her. They have Jones, who was, I think, WNBA MVP a couple of years ago. They have Brianna Stewart, who's been MVP twice. And then they have Sloot. And they have Stephanie Dolson, who was on the Sky's championship team and played for the Liberty last year. They're just loaded that team but remember Sloot is 34 33 how dare you she'll be 34 how dare you soon it's the end of the road how dare you <laughs> don't come visit me in new york <laughs> that's no truth to the rumor that you've taken up uh, <laughs> residence near the garden oh boy and the other team is the aces who have four number one picks that's Parker, uh, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and who was the other one? Uh, the one who was MVP last year. Her name escapes me. Mm -hmm. And their fifth player is their point guard, who everybody thought was the best point guard in the league last year. It, the Aces were the best team in the league last year. But... There could be egos issues with both of those teams. Sure. So I am. Especially if they don't get off to the start they want. The thing is the aces coach Becky Hammond is really good. Or, yeah, it's Becky Hammond, right? From yeah. uh, San Antonio. So she's really a great coach. Yeah. Uh, Aja Wilson or Asia Wilson. Yeah. She She's, I mean, <laughs> But just like how you're talking about with Kyrie, everybody's got to touch the ball. Yeah. But not Sloot. That's one thing about Sloot. She doesn't care. Right. She'll be like, here you go, Stuart. Here you go, Sabrina. Young. Sloot is going to get like 50 assists a game. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of like if you're a, a true point guard and you don't need to score mm -hmm. and you're just interested in feeding everybody. Yeah. So it's the best situation ever to be in. If she stays healthy, she's gonna she's gonna average like 15 assists a game. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. Right. 
because she doesn't care. She'll just set every, that's why I like, she turned me into a WNBA fan because watching her play, I'm like, she's, she was always, she always makes the right play. Right. So you're, so basically, um, we shouldn't read into this, uh, I love New York t-shirt that you're wearing and, uh, the statue of Liberty, little miniature Lego miniature behind you there. We shouldn't read into that at all. It's just, you like it. These little town blues. Oh boy, yeah, it's gonna be called. Let's move on, It's gonna be called Big oh. Apple Bags from now on. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to I recommend? Oh, I didn't do an I recommend. There was so much going on, Beef. There was a lot. Oh, I didn't even think about I recommend. Oh, do your I recommend. Maybe I'll think of one while you're talking. All right. While you think. I have an I recommend, and it's been I've been back on the seventies movies uh, kick, and I found a a good one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this movie; it's fairly well known. Uh, the movie is called Lenny, starring Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. and Valerie Perrin. Have you seen this movie? Yeah. What did you think of it? I I liked the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the court case. Right. I kind of lost interest after that. Um, what did you think of the performances? Yeah. Yeah. Often, often it was good. And what did you think of Valerie Perrine, the, their, his ex-wife, the stripper who got, um, she was Miss Tessmacher in Superman movies. No, I know um, she is. Oh, okay. I, I can't really remember her from that movie. I, watched I thought she pretty- was, I watched it pretty long ago. I remember like what I just said about it. I remember being like, I don't need to hear about all this court stuff because right. it got that part got boring for me. Yeah, he was he was in court talking about First Amendment and all yeah. that. And yeah. It kind of got bogged down a little, I thought. Um I thought it was very interesting. Um, in that I thought I liked the way it was shot because it was, you know, with the whole documentary style of you know they interviewed all the survivors his mother um who by the way i looked her up she's best known for playing madge from the palm olive commercials oh really you're, you're soaking in it <laughs> i was like that's madge ah. wow so i thought she was good um but just the whole like documentary where they would cut into the action and, and feature interview, you know, quote unquote interviews, which is almost common today, but people weren't doing a lot of that in the seventies. So I thought that was interesting. And then all of the jump cuts, um, too, which you see like all the time now. And, um, and I thought that it was, I wanted to see more of, how he, I thought it was interesting how he was just some struggling comedian who was not funny at all. And then, you know, moves to LA, picks up a nasty drug habit, and all of a sudden decides, I'm going to swear <laughs> and uh, kind of like say the things you're not supposed to and overnight, becomes an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see more about how he arrived at that, you know, realization or like 
just his transformation or what led him to that decision um, from because he kind of just transformed himself, which I thought was interesting. Um, there were some pretty great moments too, I thought, in the movie. Um, and I thought all the performances were good. You know, what's interesting about that movie, and I didn't know because I started reading about it, and the reviews were mixed. Roger Ebert was all down on it. Mm-hmm. And so are the New York Times. Um, but the director, Bob Fosse, and you see where I'm going with, with this. So he, what I did not realize is that Fosse was kind of in a mini competition with Francis Ford Coppola because Coppola directed The Godfather and Fosse directed Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. And Godfather won Best Picture, but Fosse won Best Director for Cabaret. And Cabaret won eight Oscars which is still the record in Academy Award history for most Oscar wins without winning Best Picture. So Fosse and Coppola were in a little bit of a rivalry and Coppola was making Godfather 2 and Fosse, who was to that time known, he was a Broadway legend and he had only directed two movies in his life, both of them musicals. And he wanted to do something completely different. And he said that Coppola is going to repeat himself. So I want to try and outdo myself and direct something totally. Um, Fosse's from Chicago. I did not also did not. Oh, know. I didn't know that. Born yeah, in Chicago. That he went to Amundsen. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, he um so he did something totally different with Lenny and Lenny was nominated for best picture but lost. So he tried to take on Coppola and failed. Um Godfather 2 won um and Valley Prime lost to Ellen Burstyn uh for Alice doesn't live here anymore and Hoffman well, she got nominated for best actress. Valley Prime did, yeah. Okay. And Dustin Hoffman got nominated for Best Actor and was part of that infamous uh, Oscar, or not infamous, but it was a huge upset because the nominees that year were Dustin Hoffman for Lenny, Albert Finney, I forget the name of his movie, Al Pacino for Godfather Part Two, Jack Nicholson for Chinatown, and the guy who won was Art Carney. Yeah. So, uh, Harry and Tonto, which I've not seen. should have won that one for sure. I've not seen Harry and Tonto. Now I want to see it. Yeah. Um, Because I love Art Carney. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, I've been thinking about that movie the whole time, too. I mean, it definitely has resonance for today. And uh, I just thought it was interesting. And it was a movie that I'm sure was shocking at the time. Mm -hmm. Today, it would be like, oh, this movie was made last year yeah I'm, it was very ahead of its time um anyway that's my i recommend lenny i i have one i have one okay. i watched this last night and it goes with our oscar preview that we're recording after this one okay and the movie is tar oh it's good oh it's great okay very pleased 
that there's been some great movies getting nominated this year. We thought about seeing it. It was playing at the Logan. I watched it on Peacock for free. It was on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. And it's unusual how they start it because the beginning of it is Kate Blanchett plays this famous conductor. But I feel like they took a risk at the beginning because the beginning of it is her talking to a reporter from the New Yorker on stage, like this event where people come and listen to her talk to this reporter. And it goes on for pretty long. Hmm. So you could lose people doing that, but it didn't lose me. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett is such a good actress. Right away, you're like, oh, yes, she's a famous conductor. Yes. You're, I'm like shaking my head. I, I yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's a lesbian. Yes. She's incredible in it. It's, I feel like people are spoiling it a little bit. They shouldn't really, I, I, I'm like, I don't think you should have said some of the things that happen in it. When I read some of the reviews. Okay. So I'm not going to say too much about it, especially the last, the last quarter of it. So if you see it, we got to talk about it. I want to see it. Well, we're going to do that with our recaps with the Oscars, like the ones, if you are, if you catch up on stuff and, yeah, I mean, I've seen a good amount of the movies, but that'll be something we'll add to the recap episodes every week leading up to the Oscars. Be but good. yeah, Tar was Tar was great. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because sometimes if it's that kind of thing with classical music, something that's right upper crusty, I kind of vacate. <laughs> when I but saw not, the when I saw one. the uh, preview, I was like, uh, well, yeah. that's how I was. That's how I was. But then I watched it. Because I got home last night, took a shower after basketball. I'm like, oh, it's on Peacock. I could watch it for free because it comes with cable. So I'm like, all right, the Jag Bags viewers, listeners, I owe them this. I'll I'll watch it. <laughs> and I was riveted. I thought it was great. I really want to see it. Yeah. Let me know. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right, let's move on to Rolling Stones Top 500. Get no, no. ready. We got to talk about the Rock Hall. Oh, my God. That's what we need to do. No, All right. You, I forgot. I recommend, and you forgot Rock Hall. This was my this idea. Is too much, B. Too much. This is what we give to you, the Jag Bags listeners. Oh, we, Pouring we, it all out. As you see us both having seen your moments. Um, <laughs> okay, here we are. The Rock Hall. So... Uh, the uh, official fan ballot for the 2023 nominees was recently released. And uh, so if you go to vote.rockhall.com, you can cast your votes. You're allowed five votes, and there are 17 uh, nominees. So five votes for seven or 17 out of 17 hours, you get five votes. Um, and so the nominees are a tribe called quest, the white stripes, Missy Elliott, uh, joy division and new order. So all of them, uh, the spinners, Kate Bush, Willie Nelson, Soundgarden, Cheryl Crow, 
Rage Against the Machine, Warren Zevon, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, and Iron Maiden. Those are your nominees. And I know a lot of Zevon fans were rejoicing that he finally got a nomination because he's as a devoted, devoted following. So I was pleased to see him get nominated. I wonder if he will win or if he'll get elected. But um, how did you, first of all, what did you think of the nominee class overall? And then who did you vote for? I don't, I felt like when we talked about this last year, it was stronger. I agree. I feel like this year there's at least, there's at least one no from me. Right. And there's a bunch of maybes. I felt like last year, almost everybody, I was like, yeah, they, they had a legitimate shot. Right. That wouldn't be too bad if they got, if they made it. Right. But this, this one's not as strong. Agreed. And you want me to say who I voted for? Uh, yeah. Who did you vote for? My, my five. And I don't know if I'm going to change it because last year I felt like I voted different times, but I switched people out. Mine are Soundgarden, Iron Maiden, The Spinners, Tribe Called Quest, and Warren Zevon. Those are your five. That's a great, yeah. That's a great uh, group, and I can't, um, I can't argue with that. Um, uh, my um, I have to say that my uh, list is fairly similar to yours. Um, I too went with Iron Maiden, um, but I and the Spinners and a tribe called Quest, um, and then and Soundgarden, and but my fifth was um. Joy Division and New Order, just because mm -hmm. I think they were way too influential mm -hmm. to leave out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, I think Joy, Joy Division is just, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just interesting that um, I just think it's, uh, it's interesting that uh, it's been this long and that they even got nominated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that they, they, they check all the boxes, especially new order. I mean, new order was huge. So they check off the record sales. Joy division was incredibly influential. So they check off all the influential boxes. They've, you know, they've they had a lots of movies made out about them. So, you know, I think that. And, they too have had a lot of why the hell isn't new order in the rock hall of fame. It's a, it's a total or joy division. Why aren't they in there? They belong. So they too have had a, um, you know, a, a kind of a movement to, to put them in. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, with iron maiden, it's kind of like the one thing I'll say about iron maiden is, Yes, Iron Maiden should be in there, but I think that Motorhead should get in ahead of Iron Maiden. 
and Bella Motorhead. Yeah. And I think Jethro Tull should also get in ahead of Iron Maiden. If I had to rank those three, I'd rank it my Motorhead, Jethro Tull, and Iron Maiden. So yeah, Jethro Tull should be in. I don't understand why Jethro Tull is not in the Hall of Fame, but no, they're not. That, does, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. And um, so, uh, so yeah, I. Uh, Let's go through the ones neither one of us voted for then. Okay. So George Michael. I mean, that's a tough one to leave out. Well, see, I'm not really a fan of his, so, but I could, I could see people wanting him in. My fault. Jethro Tull is in the Hall of Fame. That's my fault. Okay, edit that out. Make sure yeah. they can edit it out. Well, yeah, we'll take that out. We don't want our pristine record of accuracy to be yes. ruined. Right. Um. However, Styx is not in the Hall of Fame. So that that I did confirm as well. <laughs> Missy Elliott. I mean, her her influence is um her influence is far and wide. So Yeah, so I'd be fine with her getting in. Yeah, she's a she's definitely a hip hop pioneer and definitely I, 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 I definitely see um, the case for her. Yeah. Here, here's a weird one for me, and we're going to be talking about them in a couple of weeks. White Stripes. Overrated. See, I, I like them a lot, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I kept thinking about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Right. So you know how some guys get in first ballot and get in easily – Right. I feel like this is too soon. White Stripes want, will get in. They'll be a, they'll I want be them to get in. I want them to get in. But yeah. I wouldn't mind them waiting a little bit. And I like them more than you do. Yeah. But I, I'm like, White Stripes already? I'm like, let them, let them wait a little bit. By far, they will make it in. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Well, here we go. If you believe that an uh, a group deserves to get in on the strength of one album alone, then they deserve to get in because their album rage against the machine is as good as any rock album ever made. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing, but that's all they've done in my opinion. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm leaning no at them now. I think they've had their shot. I feel like they've been on a ballot a couple times now. I'm, I'm saying no for them now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of younger people will, you know, you know, go nuts over that, and uh, it, it, I, I struggle with it because that album rules. But I don't it, think they're talked about enough. I don't think they're Hall of Fame level. Yeah. yeah. What about Kate Bush? Nah, no. I, I, I me too, and she's like a cult artist. Who's gotten more popular because of Stranger Things. Right. But she's not. She doesn't have a giant impact. You're a Hall of Famer. You should have more of an impact than she has had. Agreed. Or influential. Willie this, is her, this is her fourth nomination, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, nah, she's not. Anymore. If she doesn't get in this year because off of Stranger Things, she's never getting in. Yeah. I mean, this is her time. Yeah. 
she's in the public consciousness. So if she doesn't, like I said, if she doesn't get it this year, that's it. And Willie Nelson. You know, I mean, he definitely crossed over. So I definitely see the case for him. But I just, I just think he's, I, I still just consider him country. It's just the same thing with Dolly Parton last year. Right. Is he a legend? Yes. I mean, but if Dolly Parton gets in, don't you think Willie Nelson should be in? I mean, if we're, yeah, if we're going to talk about, you know, um, I mean, if we're going to talk, you know, comparisons and all that, yeah, I, I can't argue. Yeah. Well, Cindy Lauper. No. Cindy Lauper is just like uh, Rage Against the Machine when you look at it. Agreed. She had a huge album. And she, we talked about her a couple weeks ago when I was talking about She's So Unusual. And she right. did kind of carry on a little bit in the 80s with these hits, especially their the movie soundtrack ones. and But I don't think her... And I guess the argument for her is she was one of the first huge female artists. Yeah. We, we had like a album that the sales were astronomical. Yep. But I feel like when you look at her entire career, there's not much else to it. I guess, you know, you could say like if the Go-Go's are in, should Cindy Lauper be in? And uh, I so- think Cindy Lauper will get in eventually. I don't know if I would vote for her, but I'd, I'd be fine with her being in. Right. And then lastly, Cheryl Crow. No. Here's, I like Cheryl Crow. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Ben. No. The argument for her is she really, she was pretty big for like a decade. I mean, she she had more big I mean, popular big. albums than Cindy Lauper did. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is, okay, was Cheryl Crow influential in any way? Is Cheryl Crow somebody who's going to last? No, a long time. No, and no. Well, I again, I like her more than you do. I put maybe down for her, and I feel like she's early too. Like her and the White Stripes has both like those two. But Cheryl Crow is older than I thought. She's in her 60s. Yeah. I thought she was younger than that. I think because it took her a while to get going because she was a backup singer for Michael Jackson and all this other stuff. And then she finally got a record deal. So that's why I think she's younger than what she really is. Here's the deal. I, <laughs> at Benatar, uh, was stayed out of the rock hall of fame for 22 years. So in my mind, uh, Cheryl Crow can wait at least that long. That's, mm-hmm. that's my, that's my take. Mm-hmm. All right. So that covers it. We actually agreed pretty much. We did. Did we talk Warren Zevon? Well, I voted for, I'm assuming you like Zevon though, right? You know, I do like Zevon. You're and- not sure if you would vote for him though. Well, there are other snubbed people that I want to see in ahead of Warren Zevon. Um, uh, for example, Devo. I think Devo's better than Warren Zevon. They should get in. 
Um, same with Motorhead. I think Motorhead's better than Warren Zevon. They they need to get in. Um, that's just a few examples off the top of my head. I think Soundgarden should get ahead of in ahead of Warren Zevon. So I think there's just you know I I know that he's been around and he's definitely influential and he's the type of guy that you know musicians love, but I don't know. In my mind, he's... I think with him, for me, it's... He did, like, his own thing. True. You never feel like Warren Zevon was doing something that the record company told him to do. Agreed. He was his own person. He was a strong songwriter. And the more I listen to him, the more I like it, too. Like, I when I really did Sentimental Hygiene, when I listened to that, I was like, this is a great album. So... He- he may very well get it. Letterman loved him. Loved him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he may yet make it in. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, the voting is, again, go to vote.rockhall.com. You can, you can vote once a day, every day. Um, so be part of the solution. Don't complain. Participate in democracy. Uh, and you can vote pretty much now every day until April 28th. So um, make your voice heard. Um, should we move on to now? Can we now? Should we move on to Rolling Stone? Yes. I'm going to be incredibly quick, um, okay. but uh, we are, we are, we are finally at the last of the two hundreds. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, 204. The album is graduation by Kanye West. Um, I think this is a great album and, uh, it's not as, it's not his best, but he was definitely continuing to sample unusual, uh, artists and write provocative lyrics. And he's also doing, you know, unusual kind of hip hop takes that. So he's continuing to revolutionize, uh, hip hop. We've talked about where Kanye West is today and that's nowhere good. Um, but, um, this album's great and it belongs. And I think 204 might be, yeah, maybe 204 is about right. Um, I was going to say maybe a little lower, but not much lower. Uh, 203 Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Wonderful, wonderful album. This album, like when it was released, like it just went nowhere. And I think it got popular after it appeared in a Volkswagen commercial. Yeah. And everyone's like, what's that song? It's great. Mm-hmm. And Nick Drake's uh, career was, um, you know, born. And he's influenced so many. And it's just such a terrific, terrific album. And one that when you listen to it, um, you know, you're like, uh, um, you know, the lyrics are unbelievably depressing. Um, you know, he was absolutely in a dark spot uh, at that time. Uh, but the guitar work is beautiful and his voice is really gentle and kind of, you know, lilting. Uh, it's outstanding record. And I think 203 is perfect. I don't think I'd move it at all. Close to one of the top 200 albums ever made. Mm-hmm. 202 Bjork homogenic. I think if you've heard one Bjork album, you've heard them all. Um, now it's now there's no one else like Bjork. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, I think she just kind of runs in place. So I, I, I can't say that like, 
I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I like this record, but I can't um, discern it from, say, uh, Vespertine or um, some of our other records. So I think I don't know if um, some of her other albums are on here. This is the first Bjork album I've heard, and I'm like, well, this sounds just like all the rest. So, um, And I get that she is influential, but I think one Bjork album is enough and i would put it like in the 400s not not this high um are you a bjork fan i i have very casual knowledge of bjork yeah i mainly listen to her i think from this list and yeah i think she's all right she's and there's but no... i can't i can't say much about her because I, I don't think i've listened to enough they have a real strong opinion right um I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's incredibly influential, but I, I, you know, it's not like I, when I go, when I sit down, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to listen to some Bjork. Um, so it's sort of like, oh, this is an album that I should listen to as opposed to, I, you know, I'm in the, I'm in a Bjork mood right now. So, right, right. so 201, a tribe called quest midnight marauders. Absolutely. What a great album this is tremendous i would put this even higher than 201 and 201 is pretty high um i think this got overlooked um by uh wu-tang clans enter the wu-tang which was released on the exact same day really as midnight marauders so one got all the hype and the other got a bit overlooked but excellent excellent record uh another one that i might put up a little higher um and uh, finally, number 200, Chardet's Diamond Life. <laughs> I mean, a lot and of people... The Diamond are, listeners are up in our balcony enjoying the Diamond Life. Uh, I know a lot of people like, what the heck is Chardet doing in a top 500 albums list? I love Diamond Life. It's got Your Love is King and... And of course, uh, smooth operator. Um, but the old, the whole overall album is really strong. Um, and uh, I mean, those two songs are um, they're staples. And it's like a lot of people say, "Oh, they run too close to smooth jazz." Well, you know what I say to that? <laughs> I say, "Coast to coast, L.A. to Chicago." <laughs> Down south to Key Largo, love for sale. Um, I love this album. And uh, I don't like it as much as Love Deluxe, but I love it. 200 is perfect. Perfect spot for this album. And I endorse its inclusion. Good job, lead guy from Old Crow Medicine Show. Yeah. Well done. You recognize quality. I salute you. Those are my top five. Next week, stay tuned. We're into the one, 190s. And next week, my first Pavement album. I can't wait. <laughs> Such a treat. God. I mean, the, or maybe I can't remember, but I feel like this is their first time in the, uh, um, in the, in the top 500. I'm like, really? 199? Come on. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah. All right. My 500. <laughs> I'm curious to your reaction on these, Dave. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the react. I'm ready to react. You know, there, I, there's a little bit too much of gleeful uh, laughing there. A little bit too much gleeful in your. No, no, because I'm, I'm, I honestly <laughs> not sure what you'll think. These aren't stuff I know your opinion on. Oh, okay. Oh, but they're not go. the most. Not albums I've ever. I don't think any of these I've ever talked to you about. No, I. I listened to the Nick Gilder. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Here we go. Here we go. 95 is the score uh, by the Fuji. Yes, yes. You don't like this either? Uh, it's okay. Because I know you didn't, not the fan of the Lauren Hill. Hill. We've talked yeah. about her a couple times. You know, I, I have not revisited that album in a long time. And I thought it was just okay. When, I remember thinking, oh, Lauren, this Lauren Hill album is so much better than the Fuji's album. So now if I'm like down on Lauren Hill, what am I going to think of the Fuji's? Yeah. Maybe I should give it a listen. Well, this is, yeah, the score by the Fugees is my number 395, came out in 1996. Now that I escape, sleepwalk awake, yeah. Those who could relate know the world ain't cake. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. And that's from Ready or Not. I also enjoy Killing Me Softly. Yep. The title track, the score. Fuji La. And I think this is one of the first albums I ever listened to with samples and all this different kind of stuff on it. Right. That I really liked because mm -hmm. I kind of resisted it. Yeah. But then, you know, it's happening so much. You finally, you know, I, all right, maybe I'll give it a more of a chance. Right. But this was the first one I was like, this is really good. I really like this. And it was humongous. <laughs> I mean, this album. Uh, we talked uh, yeah, number about one album. album sales, yeah, through the roof. Well, just like Lauren Hill. I mean, that's probably why she doesn't have to do anything. She had these two albums. Right. Number one album, number three album of the year for 1996 sales-wise. Best rap album, Grammy. Uh, I think they won best R&B performance for Killing Me Softly. And whatever you say about Lauren Hill, the way she sings in that, her voice is great. She has a great voice. Right. She does. Uh, it was seven times, <laughs> seven times platinum. I always laugh when I read our friend, Robert Criscow. He said, so beautiful and funny, its courage would make you weep. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a good story behind this, too, because their first album flopped. But for some reason, the, this record company guy said, here you go. I'm not going to bother you. You guys do whatever you want. And what happens? It goes crazy. Right. Incredible. I took a chance on them and it paid off. That's my 395. Okay. 394. Uh, whatever and ever. Amen. Ben folds five. Oh, the Ben Folds. <laughs> We've never talked about Ben Folds, have we? Our main babysitter loved Ben Folds. Yeah. Loved Ben Folds. And I would make fun of Ben Folds. 
And she would be like, how can I continue to work for you when I know your opinion about Ben Folds? And then she'd be like, I'm showing up here out of protest due to your stupid Ben Folds opinions. (laughs) I love this album. Yeah. This came out 1997. When all words fail, she speaks. Her mixtape's a masterpiece. Walk through the garden so the roses can see. Oh, I have you got nothing to say? A oh. song called Kate, which is about him being obsessed with this woman named Kate. It's really funny. He's got great lyrics. They're huge. And just to start the start of the album, just nonstop. I actually yeah. like every song. Every song. So it's one angry dwarf and two hundred sound faces. Fair brick, which is the song that made me buy it even though it's not like anything else on the album. Right. Well, I mean, there's piano. I mean, he's, he's a piano player, but right. I guess, I guess he got, a lot of his fans were mad about brick. <laughs> They're like, cause it, nah. cause it didn't sound anything like his other songs. Cause what he said was, Oh, we're like this up tempo piano band. We're not writing songs about abortion. Right. You know? Oh, I see. Yeah. Here's a nice, melancholy song that's going to be a top 40 hit <laughs> it's just you never know what's going to work oh you and never do song for the dumped which is also a great song which is like right give me my money back give me my money back you bitch <laughs> out of all the of the five that i'm talking about today this one i was like man this should have been higher on my list because i forgot how much i love this album and hit 42 on the charts it was a second album and there, one of the songs on the album is called Battle of Who Could Care Less. I guess it got helped by that because there's a video for it that they played a lot. Mm. I don't remember it myself. I, I remember Brick, but I don't remember anything else besides that. Okay. And uh, I thought he was younger. He's my age. He's 56. What? Yeah. yeah. So he must have knocked around for quite a while before. Well, not really. No. Because well, if he was, he was if popular. You listen the- to this album, though. You think this is a younger guy, but he was 31 when it came out. Right. I feel like this is like a, you feel like it's a 24 year old or something. Yeah. Like just out of college kind of guy. Kind of right. lyrics. Well, that was his audience. Yeah. But it's, like I said, it's a, it's a great album. We mm-hmm. saw him at the Riviera a few years ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Like you could throw a paper airplane and write one of his songs on it and he would, he would play it. That is great. Yep. Yeah, so go apologize to your old babysitter. I uh, ever and ever, amen. I'll look her up and uh, say sorry, Sarah. Three ninety three is your favorite. You, high by Fallout Boy. Uh, are you going to go see the Wrigley Field show? No, I I, I like this album. I have no idea why. I bought it because mm-hmm. even now I'm like, okay, so what was going on with these guys? Right. Everybody wanted to work with them. They were huge. Still are. This came out in 2007. Yep. I am an, I am an arms dealer fitting you with weapons in the form of words, beef. And I don't <laughs> really care which side wins. Yeah. As long as the room keeps singing, that's just the business I'm in. 
yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, this ain't a scene. It's an arms race, which was a big hit. Mm-hmm. And my favorite song on the album, "Thanks for the Memories." It's actually on the album. It's called "Thanks for the MMRs," hmm. and this is their third album. They experimented with different genres. It debuted at number one, so it was monstrous. Huh. Uh, this ain't the same as scene was number two, number two hit Babyface produced two of his songs. Uh, oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that <laughs> Kanye West. They did a remix that Kanye West did with all these rappers on it, including our good friend of the podcast, Tyga. And mainly good reviews, uh, platinum. They really like, they really like the singer. Patrick Stump. Yeah. And, but I always felt like Pete Wentz is the guy who got all attention. Pete Wentz, yeah. Because he was like the teen idol guy, and I guess he wrote all their songs. And right. I felt like any time I read anything about him, they were talking to him. Yep, for sure. They were talking to the lead singer. Even though the lead singer, like I said, their critics love his voice. And he contributed to some of the songwriting, but Wentz was the main guy. No doubt. So even, even though I like this album and I listen to it, I still feel like I don't know much about them. Because <laughs> maybe because I went. They're from you know, around I was 41 here. 41 when this came out. So. Wait, are they from around here, Fallout Boy? Uh, one of the guys is, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, and one of the guys just wrote a book that came out last year. Hmm. What? But you're uh, not. Do, do you have it? I I uh, no, I'm not a fan of. of <laughs> father. I'm not. Over oh, three. Uh, uh, <laughs> no wonder you were laughing. You're like, oh, B. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think this was a B band, but let's see. I just think they're. Uh, I just think they're bland. That's my. But they probably think I'm bland. Um, they said, <laughs> "Well, we heard what you thought of us." Being well, you saying, know what? It's like, it's like that kind of weird thing. I bought this. It came out when I was 41. Right. But you get the impression that, like, is this a teen band? But they're not really. Right. Like I said, everybody wanted to work with them. Like John Mayer worked with them. and the, Exhibit A counselor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that came out recently, it's None of This Rocks. It's by Joe Troman, who's the lead guitarist of Fall Out Boy. Oh, that's the, uh, the book, his yeah, I would read it. Maybe I would learn more about them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of strange that I bought this, but I do like it. Um, so you are you are in the you are in the majority. I stand over here with all the uh, all the angry and bittered people. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> and next one, continuing the unusual picks. This is title of record by Filter. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You remember Filter? I do not know this album, I have to say. I'm not familiar with the Filter. You're not familiar with Filter at all? No. Do you know the song, Hey Man, Nice Shot? Maybe if I heard it. Oh, I know it exact. Now I know it exactly. <laughs> That's not on this album, though. Oh. This, that came out in 95, and that was like their... I guess it wasn't a top 40 hit because I looked it up today. One of the songs on this album was a hit. Like I said, 40. I was uh, mostly, I was 
buried in the factory and was just not paying attention. Yeah. Or I was paying attention to what, you know, Nick and Oaken shoved in front of my face. So yeah. A lot of, a lot of black Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) So Hey Man, Nice Nice Shot was their uh, song on their first album. And then I I guess they were arguing because one of the guys in the band who's the brother of who was the guy who was the villain in Terminator 2? Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. His brother, who's in Filter. Oh, I so him, him and this other guy in Filter are arguing because one guy said, we need to go more electronic. And uh, Robert Patrick's brother said, no, we need more guitars and everything. Oh, okay. So instead of capitalizing on, hey, man, nice shot right away, they didn't end up recording this album until 1999. And the one guy quit the electronic, the guy who wanted more electronics. <laughs> he went and joined up with Bjork. <laughs> so, so this someone who understands me. Yeah, this came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Could everyone agree that no one should be left alone? And I feel like a newborn kicking and screaming. Let's take a picture. You don't know a song, take a picture? Maybe I, 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 maybe if I heard, I'd be like, oh, take my picture because I won't remember. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah, that was a big hit. That's Filter. Yeah, and Welcome to the Fold, which is the first song. That's okay. That, that got, that got played a lot too. And this went platinum. Two of the members were formerly of your favorite band, Nine Inch Nails. Oh. And to make it even more of a 90 album, 90s this album. Is ultimate 90s. Yeah. Uh, Darcy from the Smashing Pumpkins sings on the song Cancer. Oh, wow. So this is serious 90s. Yeah. And the critics liked it, except for our two friends who always quote when we're talking reviews. Yeah. So Chris Gow and Greg Cott didn't like it. But but overall, the, the critics did think it was a good album. So um, title of Record by Filter. I have to... Uh, now I, I'll I'll have to listen. I'll give it a shot because well, um, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if it's your type of thing. It's right. It's got that production. It's total '90s production. Yeah, and it's sort of grungy, but it's also sort of like stained. It's not rap. There's no rap in it. It's not rap metal, but it's got that kind of feel to it. Oh, I see. It totally fits the decade. That's you know what, what I. Yeah. If you put this on, you will instantly know what it's from. Right. Um, speaking of, uh, you just reminded me, Smashing Pumpkins also not in the Rock Hall of Fame. Yeah, they should be in. But whatever you think of them, I think they belong. No, yeah, that's for another time. But yeah, yeah. All right. Finally, this one I don't have on CD. I had on cassette, and I thought this album was from the '90s, but it's from 1985, and. Brad Underwood apparently will be getting it in the mail. So I don't have the CD. Okay. Congratulations, Brad. The gravy train continues. <laughs> Brad, and <laughs> things are looking up for the. I think the you Illini like this album. Coach. I think you like this album, Beef. Okay. It's, it's Love by The Cult. I do like this album. 1985. Yes. I had no idea it was 1985. Yeah. The fire in your eyes keeps me alive, and the fire in your eyes keeps me alive. I'm sure in her you'll find sanctuary. I'm sure in her you'll find sanctuary. That's a, that's a jam. 
they do jam. I was they, like, that's a jam. She sells sync. I played this a lot. Me too. And I almost forgot to put it on my list. Yeah. And I stumbled upon something about them. And I'm like, I don't have any cult in my top 500. This is the only one that's on there. I probably could have put another one, but this is the only one that made it. And, you know, I like the title cut. Obviously, she sells Sanctuary, Black Angel, Brother Wolf, Sister Moon. And it's just kind of like the Ben Folds album. When I listen to it again, I'm like, I like all these songs. Yeah, this was a. I feel like we went somewhere. You might have even been with. Was it somebody we know's band that would play some of these cult songs? Mm. I have a memory of hearing Firewoman, which isn't on this album, but I have a memory of someone playing Firewoman at like yeah. Mart- Martyrs or something. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. But maybe that's why I thought they were in the 90s too, because that's when we were always. Out was yeah, you don't really think of the cult 90s. as an 80s band, but they definitely yeah. were. Yeah, but I went down a like a cult wormhole and was like, I gotta go listen to some more of this stuff, <laughs> right? Right, and uh, that's all Rick Rubin, too. I mean, Rick Rubin was, um, by that, well, he was involved with not not this one, but um, the one after Love, um, Electric. That was Rick Rubin, yep. Yeah, that's one of the ones on my list to listen to again. Yeah. There's like three or four I think I really like. But this is the one that made it. So there you go. Good list. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I was real curious about, I figured you'd like the cult. I was pretty actually much right. not a good list, Len. Not a good list. (laughs) But no, I I give it, I, I liked, I liked the cult. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't uh, sure because there was three groups out here. I didn't know what your opinion of them was. I'm getting more faxes from my babysitter. Uh, <laughs> also from or Ron Ron. Yeah. Ron Ron will uh, be back to lifting weights soon for my. Yeah. As he pulls in his wheelbarrow full of faxes for you. saying uh, Beave is a jag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we want to thank everyone for listening um, to yet another successful podcast. I hope you've learned something today because I know I have. Um, check us out. We are on all the social media platforms that matter. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. If uh, there's a topic that you want us to uh, uh, talk about, Suggest it, and if we pick your topic, we have a Jagbags t-shirt with your name on it. I will personally autograph your Jagbags t-shirt and send it to you so that you, too, may walk around as part of the uh, hip cognoscente, as they say. Oh, the cognoscente. Yes. You'll be part of that with your Jagbags t-shirt. So talk to us, suggest a topic, or just buy one. Just uh, let us know you want a t-shirt. We'll get that to you as well. Um, be a, be in, in with the Cognoscenti. Um, and then uh, subscribe to us too. We're on every uh, platform where uh, fine podcasts are found. Type in Jagbags. See our name come up. See our faces. Hit subscribe and you will get quality content delivered to you twice a week. Twice a week. How can you turn that down? You can't. So do it. Um, And 
Uh, as always, thanks for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.